This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We set this kit and we've been learning uh, the last two days about the Gvulis Eretz Yisrael. And uh, there are other Nakudis that are not directly related to the, to the discussion that we had that I figured I'd uh, take the time today to talk a little about uh, the Gvulis Eretz Yisrael, maybe a little about Kedush Rishayinik, like Kitchell's at Lusted Lovey as well, especially as Pashas Lethlachas, the Pasha of going to Eretz Yisrael. So I'd like to talk a little about the, uh, the background of how we know what we know about Eretz Yisrael. I mean, so share a little about the, uh, the Ashkafasinian as well, if there's time. <clears throat> Uh, if you look in the in the Mishnayis, the Tesis Yantif here quotes a sefer called Kaftaru Perach. Kaftaru Perach or Kaftaru Ferach is a sefer written by one of the, the probably Tamide Harash, uh, a Yid, Tamachachim uh, Gadol, who lived in the in the early 1300s and traveled to Eretz Yisrael. He traveled to an Eretz Yisrael that was pretty much uh, only slightly populated with Yidin. I've told you in the past when the Ramban came to Yerushalayim around the same time, he found uh, less than a minion in Yerushalayim itself. So Eretz Yisrael was sparsely uh, populated by Yidin, but uh, he went. He went there. Uh, and his last name was Parchi or Farchi, so he named the Sefer Kaftaru Farach. And he wrote a Sefer, he, in Eretz Yisrael, he traveled for seven years around Eretz Yisrael. He spent the time identifying the cities or the Mekaymis Hakdashim of Eretz Yisrael. Now, we're used, Baruch Hashem, we're used to a blessed uh, generation we go to Eretz Yisrael and we see uh, we see things that are that are identified. But you have to realize that for Tkufa Gedayla, for a tremendous amount of time after the Churban Bayasheni, there wasn't much going on in Eretz Yisrael, and even such basic ideas that we take for granted, uh, such as what the Kaisel is or where Kevarachal is, or where Hevron is, these things were not Devarim Pshutim at all. They were not Devarim Pshutim. In Kolshkein, you want to identify a place like Beersheva, or, or the other cities in Eretz Yisrael, you want to figure out the Gavulis Eretz Yisrael, and the Mishnah mentions Ashkelon and Akko, well, where are they, what are they? So this was something that, that was not well known, we're talking before the printing press, so there, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, of, of known material on it. The, the Rambam, uh, the Rif and the Rosh had no Havamina that, uh, that Yidin would be back in Eretz Yisrael in these numbers. They wrote Halachas Farm, the Rif and the Rosh, uh, and they left out the Halachas Negev Eretz Yisrael Bismanazeh. Uh, the Rif, uh, as you know, brings those Gemaras that are Halach Lamaisi, skips the Gemara de Yanni Zeraim. He doesn't bring it. The Rush doesn't bring it. Kilu, 
it was it was rachik, and it was in that generation very rachik that it would be again. Now the Rambam brings Hilchas Lemeshicha, he brings everything. But those who wrote the Halacha Lemaisa Svarim, for the most part, uh, left out uh, the Halachas that are again going to Eretz Yisrael because it was very vaitas rachik rachik that that large numbers of Yidin would come back to Eretz Yisrael in any time near the Tkufus in which they lived. So he went and he wrote the first Sefer on, uh, uh, regarding Hilchis Eretz Yisrael, the Metzius of Eretz Yisrael. He wrote a, uh, a Sefer, like I said, Ferach. He deals, he identifies 180, I didn't count, but he says, 180 places, cities, and and Sekdashim in Eretz Yisrael. And he writes about Talachis. He writes about Hilchis Trumas. He writes about Hilchis Shemitah. He writes about Hilchis Yishev Eretz Yisrael. It's a sefer that's Molly Vagadosh. And we know it's reliable because the Tesis Yantif, as I said, quotes it. The Beis Yosef. The Beis Yosef went to Tzvas in the late 1400s. Uh, he quotes in his truvis, he quotes, uh, the, they came to Tzvaz, they used the Kafta Ruperach to try to identify many of the halachas and the Mekaymas in Eretz Yisrael. And, uh, and that's the first Sefer that we have. The first Sefer, the authoritative Sefer, at least uh, to a certain degree. Later, those who came after him all built on him. Those who came later built on the Kafta Ruperach, there's a sefer named Tuas Haaretz from uh, more recent, uh, which, which is used in Eretz Yisrael. And uh, this is all Gabayit on the Avaid of the Kafta Ruperach. Now, just to mention briefly, you should have a Musig. The Kaisel, the Kaisel, what's the question? What the Kaisel is? The Kaisel, the Kaisel? The the generation that came back to Eretz Yisrael, and, and, and I'm talking about uh, the generation that when I was born, or slightly before that, still had Chaluke Deis. If the Kaisel that we see is a wall of the Harabayas, or a wall of the Azaris, the Harabayas is the larger area, the 500 Amis by 500 Ami area, uh, which includes mostly open area, where Yidin uh, went and they ate, uh, they ate the Karbanis, the Karm Pesach people ate there. And then within it is the rectangular, that's square, it's a square area. And then there's the rectangular that you're used to seeing, the area that has the there's the, the Snashim and the Shari Niknar and the Duchin and the Zuzkayanim and the Mizbeach and the and the building of the, that housed the, the, the Menor and the Shulchan and the Mizbech Azav and then the Aron. The Wachluki Deis of that wall is, which wall it is? Ad Kadei Kach and Igris Meishan, or Chaim Chelek Beis, at the end of Simin Tshuva Kof Yud Gimel, he mentions this dispute. The Ridvaz, the Ridvaz was the, the Slutzkarov. Ridvaz's life is a fascinating life. He's probably the only one that has a resume. Ridvaz was Rav in Slutsk, 
when Devin Ozel had a yeshiva in Slutsk, he was the Rav in Slutsk, and he was the Takif. Evan Ozel compared to him was the, was the gentle one. He was the Takif, the Rizvaz. And then he was Rav in Chicago. When he left Slutsk, he came to America, he was Rav in Chicago. And he took on the mafia there that was, uh, the, 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 that was controlling the meat. The meat there was treif. And then they uh, put a bounty on his head, so he moved to Tzvaz. So he was in Rovin Slutsk in Chicago and in Tzvaz. It's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. And he was from the Gedele Adar. Nothing confused with the Radvaz. The Radvaz is, uh, is, uh, is, is 1500. In the 1500s, this is the Ridvas ratio Dalit Bezayin. He held stark that the Kaisel is the, is the Kaisel of the uh, of the Azaris, and uh, we name on today that the Kaisel is the Kaisel of the of the Harabayas. Nafkamina is if a need is allowed to go, uh, somebody who's tummy mace could go to either one, but a need or a Balkari, somebody who's tummy yitzimagufai. Is not allowed to go on the Harabayas. So if the Kaisel is the Kaisel of the of the Azaris, that means outside of it is the Harabayas, then you're not allowed to go. Ramesha brings that uh, that they told him that the that the Briskarov is Khaishish that he doesn't go to the Kaisel, he's Khaishish that maybe it is the Kaisel of the Azara. Ramesha's Matmi a little bit on it in the Chuva, you can see what he writes. But my point is that that the Kaisel Kaisel, and today we know what it is. They were misupping. What does the Kafta or Perach write about the Kaisel? Garnished. He writes the Yidden who come to Yerushalayim Davin at the Kaisel HaMizrochi by the Shah Rachman. That's the Mokim Tefillah. He doesn't mention a word about, about the Kaisel HaMaravi. So it seems very mysterious. But it's not really, because the Kaisel was buried until the 1500s. Until the Kaisel was buried by garbage dumps. The, the Goyim piled garbage there. And the whole Kaisel, all the way up, the garbage dump reached all the way up. And until the uh, Suleiman, Suleiman was the, uh, the Turk uh, who, who built the wall. The wall you see around the old city is built by, by Suleiman the Magnificent. That's his last name. He was known for his humility. And uh, so he took the name. And uh, he's the one that uh, the story about somebody put money there and they had people dig it out and they dug up the Kaisel, that was him. So when the Kapto Perot didn't even have a Kaisel Maravi to identify. And the point I'm making is we've come a long way. There, the Kaisel was a uh, hundred years ago, they were arguing what it is. And before that, there was a period of time that uh, nobody knew where it was. We have a Kabbalah that, uh, that the Kaisel exists. Uh, we have a Kabbalah. It's, it's a Medrash in, in Shmais Rabba, Parag Beis, that Lezaz HaShchidim Kaisel HaMaravi. And that's when it was exposed. Mikimi may offer a doll, may ashbais yarem evyein. Everyone said about the Kaisel, may ashbais yarem evyein. The garbage dumps, they, they, they built it up. That was a tumul about, about the Kaisel. The tumul about Chevron, about Kevarachal, is also an interesting tumul, and he talks about it in the Kafto Perach. Again, we have Kevarachal, it's Makubal by us, it's Kevarachal, we're confident it's Kevarachal. Also, not Devarab Shutim. 
He brings Makairis for its location in different places. It's really a very big kasha, Kever Rachel. Why was Rachel buried by the side of the road? Why was she buried by the side of the road? That's what she says. So Kai goes to Golos, to Bavel, they should daven. But it's the wrong place. I don't know if you ever look at the map. Yidin from Yerushalayim went to Golos, to Bavel. Which direction do you go to Bavel from Yerushalayim? Huh? You go, e- you go either east or, or north. You go north. Mitzaf in Tipasach came down from the north. So Yerushalayim is where it is. Kevarachal is lower, is more south than Yerushalayim. When you're going north, why would you go to past Kevarachal? It's, it's a bit of a kasha. Why, why we have Kevarachal there? It seems to be in the, in the wrong spot. Now, it's in the right spot, but it needs, it needs a good answer. Another kasha is that uh, the Ramban says that Rachel died when she entered, that when Yaakov married sisters in Chutzlaretz and Eretz Yisrael, he couldn't be married to his sisters, so one of them died. Then she should have died at the border of Eretz Yisrael. She should have died uh, by Beersheba, or by whoever, from whichever direction Yaakov came. Yaakov probably came from the north, from Aram. Should have died elsewhere. Why did she die there? So these are difficulties. I'm not coming to, to, to tell you all the, the halachielach of it, but the point that what we take for granted is not such a Dava Pashat. Even Hebron is not a Dava Pashat. Because Hevra in the Asterius, if Hevra's in a mountain, Yeshua says, Hahar Hazer, they're called Hevra. And then Chumash is called Emek Hevra. So there's a little bit of confusion. The Gemara, the Gemara says that Hevra was one of the Ori Miklot. And the Gemara says that Hevra belonged to Kalabar Yefun. So the Gemara Maka says the Kasha. The bottom line with Hevron is, is this, that the Maras Pelu was not in the city of Hevron. It's clear from the Psukim that it was a sadeh, a suburb outside of, of Hevron. That's where the Maras Pelu was, and Hevron was, was the city. In the Hemshet Meshach Hadairis, the city moved, people lived around the Maras Pelu, and they built houses there. And the Mele, it moved over. So what we see today is, the, is the, what... The Gemara calls the suburb of Hevron. But my point in all these three things, whether it's Hevron, or Kevorachal, or the Kaisal, is to make the point that there was a, a long Tkufa till we got where we are today. A long Tkufa of trying to identify uh, the places in Eretz Yisrael. So how do you go about identifying? The uh, Kaftu Perach probably did not have access to the internet. How is he supposed to get information? I, 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 to me, it's mind-boggling how he did anything. Like, how do you come to Eretz Yisrael by yourself? Or he probably came with some people. How do you travel around and, and figure out a map? Like, when I travel, I don't even know if I'm going east or west or north or south. Like, you lose, you lose track. And here, for seven years, he went, and, uh, and he did. He piled So here we come to uh, the Yisraelistik Machlaikis, which is Negeya Anayim Hazech, Lukideis between Nebrak and Yerushalayim in certain areas of Halach. Uh, we were learning 
uh, this week, I gave you the Reb Chaim map, his hand-drawn map of, uh, of Yerushalayim, which is in, in, in Derech Hamun, in Hilchus Trumas Perak Aleph. And his avoider, Reb Chaim's avoider, this map is to figure out the southern boundary of Eretz Yisrael. And he has the dotted line with the, with the water, which we spoke about. In the Bir Alacha, when he talks about it, I'll read you just the first line because this is this is what this is what the Chalukah days is about. It says, "Be'inyan gvul darim b'znaneinu to figure out the southern boundary of Eretz Yisrael today." Risi mashakasu b'zeh hamalaktem ha'achreinim. I saw what the the achreinim today write. V'risi shekol devareim heim hashares nismachais hashemus ha'arbeim. He says that they're built on the Arab names of the city. And based on the Arab names of the city, they identify cities. So that's what it's based on. This is the sheet of the Kaftar Parah. The Kaftar Parah Shita was that you can rely on Arab names that are similar to, uh, to, to Jewish names to, he writes in India that every city I'll tell you, I'll tell you the Arab name and the, and the, and the Jewish name. So I remember Beersheva was, and, and I can't speak Arabic, but it's spelled Beersheba. It's, it's uh, by the Arabs. So he identified it as Beersheba. So that's Til Beersheba, Zichagvulas Eretz Yisrael. So he went with the Shita, he went and the Sefer Tvulas Eretz goes with the Shita, that you could rely on the Arab names. To, to identify, and he brings a raya because we find in Nehemiah that, that it says Harbayim, the Arabs lived there, there were Arabs that lived there in that day. And Memela, there's every reason to think that it continued. And Memela. So we had a Kasha, Beersheva, is where Beersheva is. It's a steward to the Mishnah. The Mishnah says Ashkelon is the southern boundary, and Beersheva is more south. So we had a problem with that. So, so Chaim answered it like we spoke about. My, my point is, there's not a double portion. So Reb Chaim writes on that, Chaim says you can't rely on Arab names. So this is really the Chazaynish. The Chazaynish in Hilcha Shemita, in Perik Yemot, at the end of Oisit Ches and in Oisit Tes, he brings that the Kaftel Perich relied on Arab names, and he says it's not that way. The nature of the world is that cities get built and uh, they take old names, old biblical names, wherever they build it. And look at B'nai Brak. The B'nai Brak of today is not the B'nai Brak in, in the Gemara. Back in the Gemara was a port city. And today they started B'nai Brak from scratch. My wife had a great, a great uncle who was from the first people in B'nai Brak. We visited him. He was a very old man when I got married. And he told me that when we, when he's living now in the same house, he said, when we pitched a tent here, there were scorpions and snakes outside. So, the same thing with Eilat. Eilat, the city of Eilat today, was, Lekuli Alma was built from scratch. There are photographs of the first people coming to Eilat. There's a picture, it's, I saw it in the Encyclopedia Judaica. They have a photograph of the people settling. There was nothing there. It's not the old Eilat from the time of Chazal. They started a city and they gave the name Eilat because we find Eilat in Tanakh. 
So Eilat is not Bet Shemesh for sure. Bet Shemesh is certainly not uh, the Bet Shemesh of Chazal. It started, uh, Bet Shemesh started in, in our lifetimes. The whole Bet Shemesh. Why they would take a name Bet Shemesh beats me. Because if you know what happened to Bet Shemesh in Tanakh, it's not exactly a good story that they should want to, that they should want to take the name. If you're curious, you'll look in the beginning of Shmuel when the Oren is returned, when the Plishtim returned to Bet Shemesh, you'll see what happened there. But anyway, it's not the same location. So Chazanir says, now that everyone agrees, Elat, Vebrak, everyone agrees. So the Chazanish holds that you can't, you can't rely on these things. And, uh, and uh, Mamela, Chaim says, I have to work with Sugis with, with Hashas to try to figure out the boundaries. Now, not everyone's capable of, of working with Sugis Hashas to figure out boundaries. It's, you have to be Reb Chaim to try to do it. But this is the dispute they have. What's interesting is that the Kaftor Perech identifies Shunam. It's a very beautiful piece in Kaftor Perech. He identifies it's in Perkin Aleph. He says he found Shunam, the Arab name. He says the Arab name is something like Shunam. And he says there's a Be'er Mayim in the middle, and that's where the Plishtim came when they went to battle with Shaul. And he, he talks about a Kilu, he sees him in front of his eyes. Like he talks Kilu, he could see the, 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 the Tanakh stories happening there. What's interesting is it's known that Rabchan used to hold of Dabin and Shunam. He apparently agreed somehow. That, uh, that, that, that Shunam. Another thing, Salcha Vedre, which is mentioned in the beginning of Devarim, he identifies Salcha Vedre. They say, who cares? The Salcha Vedre and Chumish are Muk of Chaim. The Muk of Chaim, he might say, Yeshua ben Nun. So he says, Salcha Vedre, Yelain Mikilah and Tezvav. Because he's assuming it's the same Salcha Vedre of Yena, uh, of Yenit Kufa. And then you're laying on Tesla. Same as the Tumal about Hevron. If, if it's the same Hevron, Hevron was at Yermikla. Yermikla couldn't be Muk of Chaim. It had to be an open city. So if their Hevron is the same Hevron, then they lay in Yudalu. And the Chalukid is today when went to lay in Hevron. I don't mean to, to pass an Alochis, I mean to give over the whole. The fascinating of, of where we are, how we got here, and and the, the tremendous amount of, of progress that we have. When you go to Israel today, it's Kilo Yidna Israel, always Neretz Israel. It's not, it was a lot of serious nefesh. A lot of serious nefesh. Where is the Amachlaikis Lamaisa? There are, there are at least two main Machlaikis in Lamaisa. This. Um, uh, his first name is Ishtari, Ishtari Afreichi, the one who wrote Kaftar Perach, Ishtari Hafarchi, settled in Bet Sha'an. Bet Sha'an is a city today in Eretz Yisrael. That's what he said in Bet Sha'an. The Gemara says in Chulun Davov that Rebbe, whatever his cheshmer was, patterned Bet Sha'an from Trumas and Maesmus. Lishitasai, he holds that Bet Sha'an is patterned from Trumas and Maesmus. He writes in his Kaftu Perach, the Ayyidni, and they do give Chumas of Isis. So they must give Lachumra, but they don't give up Paris. Chumas, Paris, and Chumas, Paris is the Rabbanon everywhere. So on wheat or grapes or olives, they give, and Shalavadaras. 
Everything else they don't give, and he passes that way. The Shitasa. And he lived there. The Bedshan doesn't have to give Chumas and Mason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you have to learn the Gemara Chobim. So Chazanish is upset about this. He says, Who says the same Bedshan? You're going to pat them and show us a nice So the uh, Maisa, he, he, he lived there, he died there, he's buried there in the Kato Pera. The more important Machlaikis is about the, the Arava and Shemitah. The Arava is the, is the, the, uh, the desert, the, uh, the Negev desert. Mulha Arava, it says, Bamesh Rabbeinu was Mulha Arava. It will be Shemitah, if you, if you, you go to the, um, to the fruit stores, the fruit stores in Eretz Yisrael, they tell you where the, where the products come from. They came from, it came from Chutzlores, it came from Eretz Yisrael, where during Shemitah they have, right, Chananya, they have signs there? Okay. You actually eat fruits and vegetables? The, uh, they have signs. So if you look, it says on some of the signs, it says, Dorim HaArova and Tzafin HaArova. When I saw it the first time, I didn't know what in the world they were talking about. Tzafin HaArova, Dorim HaArova. Darava is the Negev, Mularava. Based on the Arab names, the, the Kaftu Perach makes a southern boundary of Eretz Yisrael at the, at the, at the, uh, at the 30 degree mark, the, uh, the latitude mark of, of uh, roughly of Negev, which is the north of the Arava, and he holds the whole south of the Arava is, is Pata from Shvita. South of the Arava is Pata, and there's no Din Shvita. The Chazenish disagreed because he held he can't just Paskin based on names. He disagreed with the, with the whole thing, and the, the Bedats goes with the goes with the Bedats goes with the, the Kafter Perach. They hold that the the south of the Arava is part of Shmita, and uh, the Chazenish and the Bnei Brak go with the uh, Go on this this machlok is not the only machlok they have with Shmita. But this is the Machlaikis that's totally in, uh, in, what we, in what we're talking about. So the main Nakuda I want to bring out, uh, first of all, it's the idea that uh, people should have. You read about the Kafter Perak, you read about these, these arguments. Uh, it's, it's the idea that, uh, that a Fermiyad should have. And it's something you can build on. There's a lot written, Bismanenu, uh, on this. There's a book that was published in the 1930s. It has 277 Places in Eretz Yisrael with Arab names that are similar to Tanakh names. That are similar to names in Tanakh, 277 places. And it was published by, uh, by, uh, by a secular person. It, uh, but, it, but it's Gabait on, on this whole, this whole halachela. At any rate, this is the, uh, the, the Kuda regarding the map that I wanted to bring out. And more than that, I feel that in our generation we're missing an appreciation of everything it took to get to Eretz Yisrael. Where we see Baruch Hashem in Eretz Yisrael with all its problems that we see in Eretz Yisrael with millions of Yidin. And, and we grow up, Kilu, this is somehow normal. The great Shasarachmim that we live in is just as mind-boggling that, uh, that this is all fairly recent. And the extraordinary amount of mysterious nefesh it took to get to where we are by so many people and so many diaries uh, is, is, is something, that if we appreciate it, we'd appreciate it. It's Yisrael more. We, we somehow, uh, 
Baruch Hashem, from the great type uh, that we have, there's certain, certain micro-appreciation. So this is a little bit, another little piece of, of the background. Let me switch and talk to you about uh, a little bit about Lech Lecha and the, the connection you'll see. Avraham Avinu was told to go to Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Kanaan, and as you know, as soon as he gets there, there's a, uh, there's, a, there's a hunger, and he has to run to Mitzrayim, and the Maligim are making fun of him, like Rashi says. And uh, very strange, Rabbi Shalom sends you, and then he chases you away. Okay, those are the Nesiyahinists that Avraham Avinu went through. Is a Mechthim in Chelek Beis, it's from page 33 to 35, roughly. He has a Yisoyed in HaKadosh Baruch Hashan Haga with Kla Yisrael and with us. He has a Yisoyed in HaKadosh I'd be magdimit, the Gemara says, Reitza Odom Mekav Shaloi, Metisha Kav Mishal Chavera. The Gemara says, a person would rather have one Kav of fruit that he worked on rather than to get nine free kavim from someone else. How would you rather have $1,000 you worked for, $9,000 someone gives you as a gift? <laughs> uh, the Gemara says guzma, nine, nine to one, the Gemara, the Gemara itself says guzma, but the Gemara says such a thing. Now, there's, there's really a, um, an amkus to that idea. Nathan Leo writes a cloud Godel that things that are given the matana, the chinam, don't really have a kiyum in Eilam they, they don't, even they're given by Rabbi Shalom. I don't mean uh, for any bad reason. Things that have a kiyum is kav shaloi, is, is what a person puts effort into, and Mr. Nefesh into, and, and these matriach, he, that has a kiyum. The free things, even from the Rabbi Shalom, the free things don't have a key. He brings a number of examples. The luchas rishayinus. The luchas rishayinus were, were free. The stones were free. Psalucha, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have to engrave it. It was a gift to Moshe Rabbeinu. Luchas rishayinus had no kiyam. Extraordinary kedusha. But they had no kiyam. They were free to Klal Yisrael. They're free to Klal Yisrael, they came with big nesiyinus. However, the sign of Egel disconnected, but it didn't happen from nowhere. It happened because it's a matana. When, God, when you get something free, there's no free in this world. Everything has to be earned. And the Mela didn't have a king. The Luchishnias, which came with uh, tremendous uh, serious nefesh. Maishu Rabbeinu was davening for 40 days, and the, the Psalacha, he had to actually uh, make it himself. That had a kiyam. Gives another example. Chazal say, Rasa shivcha alayam, ma'ashaloi ro Yecheskel ben Buzi. What does that mean? That means Yecheskel has saw the Maisa Merkava. He saw the heavens open up and he saw he saw the Malachim. He saw the Saidis of, of Shemayim. So Chazal say that by Kriyas Yamsuf, it was such a gilu yishchila that everybody was able to see what Yecheskel saw. He says, but look, what happened to them? Uh, three days later, already Vayilainu, they're already rebelling. They saw and it didn't stay. You'd think someone sees it, but Yecheskel Tzib in the Vula, you'd think it makes a Rashim on it. He says, no, when Yecheskel saw it, it came from his Amelus. 
built himself up into, a, into an Adam Gadol. He built himself into a Gadol Adar, and he was Zaychet to it. It was Meshpia. The Shivchal Ayam got it for free. Everybody did Yam. It was, it was a time of great Rachmei Shemaim. And it was a Matana. Matana comes with Nisiyanis. Matana, you don't get, you have to, things, you get things when, when you push for them, when you might nefesh for them, when there's Amelis for them, then it sticks. Something that just comes with a, with a, with, 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 like for nothing, it's interesting, it's, it's Yodua that uh, Chaim Velazhin has said that the Goyen was offered from Shemayim a Magid. They look at the Israel Magidim who had the Malachim that learned with them. Beis Yosef had a, the Beis Yosef's Magid. And the Gra refused it. The way the Velt says, the Goyen refused it. He says, I want only the Torah that I do by Melos. I don't want, I don't want uh, Malach to teach me. I don't want the Magid to teach Kilu. So he writes, you know, it sounds like the going was greater than Beis Yosef. Beis Yosef took it. And the guy says, no, I don't want that. I only want Torah through Amelos. He says, no, it's not Pshat. The Pshat is anything that's free comes, is followed by Nisiyanis. There's nothing free. It's followed by Nisiyanis. The guy didn't say I'm greater than the Beis Yosef. He said, Beis Yosef could take it because he was, he was able to be omitted in the Nisiyanis that come with it. I don't want the Nisiyanis. I want whatever I do through my Amelos, the Kav Shalai. And not the Tishakabin that's free. I want the Kav Shalai. Because things that come, that come for free are... Uh... Now, it's important to decide in life that the things you work for, things that, that you put effort into, they won't work. You look at someone else, he has something. It, nothing really has a key on without, without some type of, a, of an amelis. And it's certainly not a Ruchniistic thing. I think this answer it always bothered me in Parshish Vayelach. Maish Rabbeinu says, I, every, every year when we lay in it, I don't understand it. Maish Rabbeinu says to Kal Yisrael, says, Kiyadati, Kiyachrei Maisi, Kiyashchis Tashchisim. He says, I know, as soon as I die, you're going to go off to Derech. Like, you know, they have Bechir, don't they? Hashchis Tashchisim, the Satim and Aderech. So Maish Rabbeinu is telling to Kal Yisrael, you're going there, so I know what's going to happen, you're going to be over there by the Zara. Moshe Rabbeinu, that's the way you talk. Maybe you should tell them, maybe you'll be able to have a Be careful. And what does Rashi say there? Rashi says, call you me Yeshua. It didn't happen. Because Yeshua is a hemshech of Moshe. After Yeshua, it happened. It bothers Rashi like he has a big kasha. Why didn't it happen with Yeshua? What's the kasha? Maybe they, they didn't sat him in a derech. They wiped him in the... Uh, they, they weren't. Uh, they, they weren't even the same. Like, well, what's my Shabbos telling you? Dati, Achri Maisi Hashleis Tashchis. But the answer is, and I think this says in the Shem Shemuel. Shem says the same side as the Matamaliyo. He says Eretz Yisrael then was free. It was free. The Dara Midbar came in. They didn't even have the Nisyanis of Avdus and Mitzrayim. It was the next generation. It was a matana. Eretz Yisrael to that generation was a matana. But Yeshua Benu said, you should know. You're getting Eretz Yisrael by matana. Akrei Moisi, it's Hashkes Tashkisum, Satim and Aderach. You can have terrible Nisyanis. 
When something comes with with uh, with bematana, it doesn't have a kiyum. That explains we were learning that kedusha rishayna is like kitchel asid lavai. And kedusha shniya kitchel asid lavai. We learned Yeshua is being mekandish eretz Yisrael. We say like kitchel asid lavai. And kedusha shniya. Ezra went up, Nehemiah went up, that was Kitchel Asadlav. Say, so, Yetachin, they're greater than Yeshua. Yeshua goes, his Kedush is not His is. And the Rambam says uh, something of a beer. But it's very Gishmak. The, the Kedush Rishayna was a Matana. It was a Matana to Klai Yisrael. <coughs> it's like Luchas Rishayna. How could it be? Luchas Rishayna is don't last, Luchas Rishayna is that Moshe may do last. That's the thing. The Kav Shalai. What a person is omel in, what a person is my sinefish for, so that that is a kiyam. And what a person gets as a gift, uh, they have the siyayinus. A person has to be zaychet to be able to uh, to be able to have it. The, the Shem Yishmol says it about the Neshama Yaseira on Shabbos. Why the Neshama Yaseira leaves every month of Shabbos? He says because it's free. It's a matanah. Neshama Yaseira is a matanah. So it doesn't have a key. It goes away. You try to take from what you could on Shabbos. It's not, not for waste, but it'll stay automatically with the person. Because it's free. Free things. The point I want to bring out, uh, the Yisraelim is the Yisraelim. But the point that I want to bring out, the Benegel Eretz Yisrael, is the idea that Eretz Yisrael is Nikna with tremendous mysterious nefesh, tremendous nisiyayness. I mean, Tamidi Agro came to Eretz Yisrael, the Tamidi Baal Shemu came. You know, until, until the late 1800s, it was all, all from Yidin that came until the, the pogroms in Russia and, and, the, and the, the labor, you know, the, the Fry Yidin started to come. But, but the roots of Eretz Yisrael, the, the, the generation of Rabbi Shmuel Masalant, this is all extraordinary mysterious nefesh. When I say mysterious nefesh, I want to tell you, I, this summer in Eretz Yisrael, I found a new print of Kol Kisrei Chafetz Chaim. And you tell me, what could be new about it? He stopped writing in 1935. He was nifter. There's something new. They published letters that he wrote to two families when he wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. The Chavaz Chaim wanted to go, and they published, they had there about eight or nine letters between the two families. They got the letters and they published it. And I looked in the, after I read it, I looked in the biography of the Chavaz Chaim. Biography has part of the story. He wanted to go, and right when he was supposed to leave, his wife got very sick, and he couldn't go, and he was held back. Then there was a Tkufa Shnia where he wanted to go. It's very interesting letters, you should get them. His wife writes in one of the letters, that I heard that all the ovens are outside of the house, not like we have in Poland. We have ovens in the house. See if you can get me an oven in the house. It's not for me. I'm an old lady to go to, go to a communal oven. It was part of one of the letters. That's not the point I want to make. Why did he not go the second time? If you look at the biographies, it doesn't say. There's a letter there. The reason he didn't go is because when he was supposed to go, there was a hunger in, in, in Eretz Yisrael, in Yerushalayim, and people were dying of starvation. You're not talking during wartime, you're talking in Eretz Yisrael. Frank lost a daughter to starvation. I mean, he didn't have food to give her. And she died from it. 
You're talking about the Nisianists, they had uh, to, to, be, to come to Eretz Yisrael. Yisrael was linked to a tremendous, tremendous Nisianists. And, and the generation that came after the Holocaust uh, and, and built up uh, the yeshivas that were built up there, it's, it's all, uh, all gebite on tremendous Messias Nefesh. Tremendous Messias And then we get used to it. We get used to it. And it's all we take for granted. All right, this is Shem's Baruchim. What bothers me, and I'm not saying I'm right, I'm just telling you it's emotional and not intellectual. Maybe other people are smarter. I'm sure other people are smarter than me. I'm just telling you my emotional feeling is when people don't go to Eretz Yisrael because they're afraid. Now, if I have no, I have no... Uh, no question, you have to do what's up here. But people are afraid that, like, if, you, if you're going to tour, I so said, don't go. But if you're going to learn, why should people hold back? Now, if they have a mother who's anxious, I understand. But people should, uh, people should understand that. It's Darish from us. A matana, the kavshalai, is, 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 means that you work on something. You, you push. Now, it could be someone makes a cheshbon, it's not good for him. But to talk about it this way, it's, it's, to me, it's an awful thing that people talk about it. It's dangerous. Why is it more dangerous in Yerushalayim than Brooklyn? I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mentioned here that in the late 1990s when the bus bombings were going on, people weren't sending their, their children to Eretz Yisrael. I can't understand it. So don't go on a bus. We're supposed to abandon Eretz Yisrael because the Arabs are bombing buses. It's so hard for me, it's so hard for me to understand the whole... The whole it's like, you know... That, that, that's how you talk about Yerushalayim. At least be ashamed. You know, when we're little boys, you call someone a chicken. Right? Chicken, chicken, you're afraid, right? So if you're afraid to go, at least be ashamed. Be ashamed that you're afraid. You're too fearful to go. But people talk with such a, such a, uh, a, a vadois, kilo. That's the way you talk about your shalayim. Talk about your shalayim, that it's, it just, it bothers me no end. Because I think we're caught in the moment. We human beings, we live in our generation. But a person has an appreciation of the mysterious nefesh it took to get there. Now, I'm not telling you people should go there and get hurt. But to go there because of you know, the discomfort, I don't know. I was in Eretz Yisrael during the summer of 2014 when there was a Gaza war. There's nothing like today. I don't mean to compare it. But I can tell you it was the nicest time. There were no tourists. There were zero tourists. No tourists. I remember I came Shabbos morning to the Kaisel with 20 guys from our Sameach. We walked. So, uh, you know, we didn't hear the radio. We didn't have the internet. It seemed that on Friday, the Arabs had thrown rocks down from the, from the top of the Kaisel on the Kaisel Plaza. So it wasn't as populated as it would be. So Eben should live be well. He had his minion there, and he had, you know, come to 12 people. And then suddenly we walked up, you know, like 21 people, and we down with his minion. It was like his eyes lit up, you know. Like, but everyone, uh, it's dangerous, dangerous. Huh? So I'm not, again, I'm not, 
Whoever asked me, I told them to go. I told them, that's, I think, api Allah is nasakana, and if you're going for, for ruchnius, why, why shouldn't you go? The guys that are learning there seem to tell me that it gets more serious now than, than, uh, than usual. And uh, that's good. But my point is not, I don't mean a political point, I mean an appreciation of its Israel appreciation of what it took to get here. I mean, you're talking about the time of the rush, so you're talking the 1200s, the 1300s. He went in the 1330 or so, he went to uh, the So, all right, 1300s is quite a while ago, but that's 1300 years after the Hurban. <laughs> like, and, and where are we? What, what we have here, it's Israel, just to open your eyes to appreciate the, the hishtanis in the world, the matana that we have. And we grow up, Kilo, it's normal. And, and you have to appreciate Hashem, because turned over the world to make that Yidin should come back to Eretz Yisrael. So, uh, appreciation has to be there. The, the appreciation has to be there. And come out, anything you learn uh, about Eretz Yisrael, about the, about the whole Ishtashlis Advar and Fakhaisar to come back, it lifts you up, the mysterious Nefesh, the tremendous mysterious Nefesh of. Of, I, I, you know, the, I, I mean, I mean the storybooks with cute stories. I mean the storybooks that, that tell you those. The Sefer Yerakodesh from Migdash from Tukhtsinsky. In Agdama, he writes the Shtalshulas Advarim of how Yidden went out of the, the closed-up city of Yerushalayim. They were afraid. They were afraid of the same the same Arabs. You know, the first night they slept in Meisharim, there was a riot, and Yeshiva Bachel was killed. First, uh, first intifada, and they didn't close up Meishar and go back. They stuck it out. They stuck it out. Anyway, this is my uh, my feelings of, uh, like I say, of uh, appreciation of Eretz Yisrael. Kodesh Baruch Hu lets people have things if they if they're mishtadel for it. Look at Gan Eden. Adam got Gan Eden for free. How long was he there? How long did it last? No, we're all hoping to get Gan Eden, but we have to work for it. I hope it's going to last longer than it lasted for Adam. No, what's Gan Eden? It's free. Free Gan Eden? No, you're out. You have to earn Gan Eden. So sometimes it takes me serious nefesh. Okay, let's hope we should be able to be should be able to be there piggybacking on the mysterious nefesh of, of uh, the generations before us. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.